Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Scott. Hey, yo. Is that his younger brother? It's gonna be Jeff. The cream rise to the top for oh, you. Yeah. And you're listening to all of the great action figures from our good friends at Hasbro. The fully postable. Have your own WrestleMania with all your favorite figures. Wrestling figure. He's sold separately from LJN. Podcast. And we are the Mount Rushmore of professional <laughs> wrestling. Hey, welcome to episode 230 of the Fully Posable Wrestling Figure Podcast, the longest running episodic wrestling figure podcast going today. My name is Jeff. Thank you, good brother Mike, for calling me out for forgetting to announce myself. Sitting alongside next to me is my real life brother, not storyline brother, Scott. Scott, say hello. Hello, and you must be so embarrassed. It's happened once or twice before, but oh well. (laughs) Everybody's like, we know Scott. Who's that other guy talking? They'll never <laughs> know is... unless they listen to the next episode. It's like the lead singer from Ghost, how he keeps changing out. Yeah, yes. Oh, don't get Shannon started, dude. What do you mean? Oh, you're going to start talking about Ghost. She's going to go crazy. <laughs> possibly. Yeah, very possibly. <laughs> Scott, what's going on over there, man? Another beautiful day in paradise. I have uh, Sour Heads Bang coursing through the veins. And I don't know why. But over the course of the last week, I have watched all nine trilogy episodes of Star Wars. I don't know why. Well, no, I take that back. I'm a liar. I take that back. I did skip Phantom Menace. Because, you know, it's Phantom Menace. If you're going to skip one, that's the one. I actually did that intentionally. I didn't want to watch it. Okay, why have you been watching all these episodes? I don't know. I honestly don't know. I was sitting around just looking for something to watch. And I was like, you know what? It's been a while since I've seen the original trilogy. And I haven't really gone back and watched the late 90s, 2000s Star Wars movies in a while. So eh, I'll go check them out. And it just got me into a loop of watching all of them. So I watched the original trilogy first. Then I watched the, the other two minus the Phantom Menace that came out from 99 through, I think it was 2005. And then I watched all of the the three recent ones. I don't know why. Just something that was floating my boat. But really, when you ask somebody, what's your favorite Star Wars movie? Oh, I also watched uh, Rogue One. Speaking of my favorite Star Wars movie. When you ask somebody what their favorite Star Wars movie is, if they say Phantom Menace, you really can't trust that person. (laughs) There's no wrong answer to that question unless the answer is Phantom Menace. Then not only is it wrong, but you immediately know, much like a person with two first names... You probably can't trust them. Just just a, a thing to go by in life. So that's like your favorite match is Alicia Fox versus Molina? It, yes, exactly. If a person says that, run the other direction. That person can't be trusted. Uh, for the record, my favorite Star Wars is Rogue One. If I have to go favorite Star Wars in the trilogy series, ooh, it, watching them back, Power of the Force is strong. Very strong because it's a nice love letter to the original trilogy. But mm, I, I got to go Empire Strikes Back. I know that's kind of the run-of-the-mill answer for everybody, but it's so str- Especially going back and watching them, it's so strong. It still stands up today. It's such a great episode. I think I got to go with that one if I have to pick from the trilogy. But overall, easily my favorite is Rogue One. Yeah. There's our Star Wars discussion, and Jeff got to throw in his his moment of, I have no idea what Scott's talking about. <laughs> I just have never been into Star Wars, dude. Except for Baby Yoda. Oh, dude, I love that little thing. 
Jesus, that 50-year-old child is awesome, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a 50-year-old child. Almost. If anybody would like to get any of our t-shirts, head on over to Pro Wrestling Tees or whatamaneuver.net. And Scott, what are we doing this month? For the month of June, all proceeds from our t-shirt sales are being donated to colorofchange.org. So any proceeds that we get on t-shirt sales from What a Maneuver, every last penny is going to colorofchange.org. And in addition to that, also on What a Maneuver, Good Brother Mike has dropped a t-shirt, a great looking t-shirt. It looks kind of inspired by the shield. All about unity. I love it. It's a great design that he had done. 100% of his proceeds from the sale of that shirt are also going to be donated. And those donations are going to go to the Minnesota Freedom Fund. So if you guys were ever in the market to buy one of our t-shirts or one of Good Brother Mike's t-shirts, jump on whatamaneuver.net, purchase either or, or all of them, and 100% of the proceeds that come to us or that go to Good Brother Mike are going to go to a great cause for us, colorofchange.org, for Mike, the Minnesota Freedom Fund. Absolutely. So for the month of June, all proceeds go to those great foundations. You can follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Snapchat, and the Book of Faces at Fully Posable, Instagram, Fully Posable, WFP. You can go back and listen to any of our past podcasts on FullyPosablePodcast.com. Download that Podbean app if you are on the go. Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please rate and review on iTunes. Scott, this week it comes in from... Jobbing with Josh. Jobbing with Josh has got a podcast over there. He does some great stuff. Love Josh. We had him on Telephone 7. For this review, he says the OGs and the, and it clicks off, but he gave a sweet five stars. He says, I couldn't say anything less than these guys are the best. The humor, the banter, but most of all, the passion is contagious. The show got me back into figure collecting after losing my collection to a poor decision in my life. You can actually hear about that story on Telephone 7. The community they have cultivated is incredible, and they take it from these two guys for sure. Keep up the good work, Jeff and Scott. We are all here for it. Thank you, Josh, so much, man. It was good having you on. It was good talking to you on Telephone 7. Thank you, Josh, myself, Jeff, and the Fig Life community. Thank you very much for the kind, kind words. You can send us any audio questions, questions, or anything else at all to fullyposablewfp at gmail.com. Scott, Foco. Jeff. Yes. Do not interrupt me this week when I read this. Oh, you didn't like my rendition of the Midnight Express theme? Okay. If you can find that and dub it in to play behind when I talk, that would be fantastic. I'm glad that you found something other than the theme to Superman to sing when I do these kind of reads. That's great. I love the Midnight Express choice. But if you could just find their music, dub it in behind my talking, that would be fantastic. That's what I do every week, dude. Perfect. Keep doing that. (laughs) Jeff. Yes. Do you want to prove you're the undisputed world heavyweight champion of WWE fandom? Of course you do. Foco.com is here to help. With FOCO's WWE bobbleheads, you can visit Suplex City with Brock Lesnar and Paul Heyman, let in the fiend Bray Wyatt, and break some glass with Stone Cold Steve Austin. FOCO's line of WWE bobbleheads includes all your favorite superstars and legends from then, now, and forever, including Becky Lynch, The Rock, Ric Flair, John Cena, Seth Rollins, AJ Styles, Ronda Rousey, Andre the Giant, and more. These bobbleheads from FOCO are handcrafted and hand-painted 
to depict the biggest names in sports entertainment, making them must-haves for fans and collectors alike. Don't miss out on these awesome collectibles. Head to FOCO.com now. Jeff, one more time just for you, that's F-O-C-O.com, F-O-C-O.com, where at checkout you can enter code WFP10, load up your cart, and save a sweet 10%. And let's not forget, they do have that brand new Hulk Hogan and that brand new Undertaker bobblehead that are sweet. Go check them out, F-O-C-O.com. I just got my FOCO order the other day. Got the Ultimate Warrior bobblehead, which is absolutely amazing. Uh, that thing is so beautiful. But the other one that I got was for Celeste. I got her the Greg Kittle San Francisco 49ers bobblehead. But the cool thing is, is Kittle is doing Penta Zero Miero. Oh. He's kind of got his hand like that because he does that during the games when he gets a first down or gets a touchdown or whatever it is. He does that hand gesture. Well, they put him in that pose. So tying it back to wrestling, thought that was really cool, man. Oh, that is very cool. And he's a wrestling fan. So money says that's where he got that from. Going back to your order from FOCO, did you at checkout use code WFP10 to save yourself a sweet 10%? Yes, and it took quite a bit off. Good for you. Good man. So listeners, be like Jeff just this one time though, because he makes bad decisions. Be like Jeff. In this situation and at checkout, foco.com, use code WFP10, save yourself 10%. Scott, we did a Wendy Richter figure giveaway this past week, and the winner of the Wendy Richter figure is Bill Stremkowski on Twitter at B Strem, S T R E M 10. So, congratulations, man. You have seven days to hit us up to claim that prize so congratulations man congratulations bill that's a good get man that windy richter is sweet scott did you do any finger poke of doom i did on a couple of fronts uh first up megalopolis got in the pre-orders for elite 77 so for those of you that were having to shell out quite a few bills for that fiend figure hopefully you got into megalopolis saved yourself a bunch of coin because they had them up at 21.99 here's the bad part I ordered mine, you ordered yours, Jeff. A couple other people I know for sure got theirs. Those things were gone in a matter of hours. I bought Bray, Rick Rude, and Liz probably at about 2.30, 3 o'clock or so. I believe that was on Wednesday. The next morning, I go into Megalopolis just to see if the pre-orders were still up and how they were doing. Dude, the Bray was already sold out. I mean, no huge surprise, especially considering... $21.99 plus shipping. That's a steal given other places that are selling Bray right now, secondary market and otherwise. So again, hopefully you guys got in, got, cause I posted it to Facebook. I know Jeff threw it up on Twitter. Hopefully you guys got in, got your fiend figures. Uh, so yes, I did get fiend Liz and rude. So I'll have those three hopefully next month. And aside from that, did a little bit of GI Joe business with Mr. Charlie Shaw himself. The good man hooked me up with snow job and oh gosh who else did he hook me up with a cobra soldier and one more that i'm blanking on i'm sorry mr shaw i cannot remember the third figure but oh a uh, cobra commander from the resolute series cool looking one with the cape and yeah jeff you can throw in your yad anytime here so i got three figures from mr charlie shaw and at rev e hoops on twitter reached out and said that he was looking to part with some of his gi joes 
and that transaction is in process. And by the time all is said and done, I think I'm going to have my figure wish list for GI Joe done. And then at that point, time to start looking at vehicles. But Charlie Shaw, huge thanks to you. Megalopolis, of course, big thanks to you for coming through for us. Hopefully you guys get in on the, the Bray pre-orders as well. They still have all the rest of them up. And if you missed out on Bray, you can order the Elite 77 set. So just to want to throw that out there, the Bray himself is gone, but you can still order the set if you have to have a Fiend figure and you don't want to try to get them at retail. And of course, big, big thanks to at Rev E Hoops on Twitter because we're going to do a deal for some G.I. Joes. He's going to round out my list for me and I'll be happy with the figures, then onto the vehicles. And that's pretty much all my finger poke could do. You and those G.I. Joes, man. It's bringing back that nostalgia for you, isn't it? You know what? It really is. And I'm at a point where, and, and we've talked about it. We have the older wrestling figures, I would say a good 95% of all the ones that we want. And given prices right now, it's it's hard to jump in. And we've talked about this, you know, the whole thing with a secondary market. It's crazy right now. And it will slow down a little bit at some point. So it kind of guided me in the direction of, well, I loved G.I. Joe's and it's starting to make a comeback with their new six inch line. And there's a Snake Eyes movie coming out and I play the the app on my phone all the time, that little GI Joe game. And it's, it's just got me in the full nostalgia feeling for that GI Joe. And now I'm back in the, in the thick of the hunt on GI Joe figures, still doing wrestling, of course. And it's, it's just a lot of fun. And yeah, it really brings back those feelings of childhood. One thing I did want to touch on Jeff is I almost pulled the trigger on NJPW series two from super seven. I haven't pre-ordered yet. I, I want to, but man, it, you know what it is? It's the price point right now. That's killing me that $45. I'm not saying it's not worth it, but as I'm buying elites online, doing the pre-orders with the, not just elite 77, but I did the, the legends figures as well. You're doing 20 to $25 per figure on those. When you figure in shipping, I've got the GI Joe thing that I'm going for as well. Oof. It's, I might wait until they come out and they hit the website. I, I don't know if I'm going to actually do the pre-order before they kill it off. I, I'm, I'm just really on the fence. I love the Naito. I love the Takahashi. And those are the two that I would get. And it's not that they're not worth every single penny because they are. They're beautiful. The packaging, the accessories, the figures themselves are outstanding. It's just that $45 price point is kind of holding me back from pulling the trigger right now. Completely understand. And you know what? You're not the only one that has said that. I've talked to a few people that are debating on either A, getting just Okada from Series 1, or B, trying to purchase a second Okada from Series 1. But the price point is what's killing it. A lot of people are like, man, I just can't I can't justify ju spending another $45. It, yeah. And again, it's nothing against Super 7. The price is warranted. It's justified. You look at that figure and all of the accessories and then the packaging... I get it. I 100% understand why that figure is $45. It's a collector-driven figure. It's not meant for your run-of-the-mill, you know, kids going up and grabbing a figure off the pegs. That's not what it's for. It is meant for the collectors, the hardcores like us and our listeners. But it's that $45, man, it's... Ugh, I start thinking, okay, that's two elite figures. I completely get it on the price, Scott. I get it, man. That $45 is steep. I did do Finger Poke of Doom. I actually... Okay, you get to talk G.I. Joe. Actually, uh, I got to thank Soda Hunter because he's like, if Scott can talk G.I. Joe, you can talk about what you were just pre-ordered. I pre-ordered the Haunted Mansion Funko 
on Entertainment Earth. It's the actual outside of the Haunted Mansion. Oh, that's awesome. So, like, it is it is the Haunted Mansion then? Correct, with the butler. And then they had two others for pre-order. It's They were part of the... You know when the elevator takes you down the picture stretch? Yes. They were the characters from there, so I picked two of those up. So, anyways, I've got those coming to me. Well, wait, what do you mean elevator? Those are just stretching pictures, dude. It's part of the Disney magic. What are you talking about elevator? <sighs> Scott, um, 46 years old, and I have to explain this to you. Whatever. I'm telling Santa. Oh, here we go. <laughs> it's going to be a long show. I told you, 50-year-old <laughs> child. I was looking at WWF squirt heads. I wanted to pick up some of those because I want to get the LOD, Marty Jannetty, Shawn Michaels, and the Bushwhackers, but I'm not willing to overpay on those. Like, what's going on right now? Somebody had a Marty Jannetty for $69.99. Whoa. Dude, didn't somebody give Marty Squirrel? A Marty Jannetty squirt head when we were at his autograph signing in Lodi? Something like that. Or a Jake squirt head? I know somebody came up and just handed him a squirt head. We were just like, dude, that's awesome. Now, with COVID prices, even squirt heads are through the roof. So, anyways, I obviously bypassed that. Somebody did have a loose bushwhacker, and I can't remember if it... It was Bushwhacker Butch. I apologize. It was Butch. I wanted to pick that up because they had it for a decent price, but I've noticed that all my squirt heads are not mint on card, but on card. So now I'm trying to debate. Do I pop them open and just display them or do I just keep them on card? Ooh, yeah, that's a good one. Well, look, I didn't even know you were doing the squirt heads. I think that that's great. They were such kind of a niche thing at the time. And I think we were a little bit old for those when we saw them on the pegs. But now that you see kind of what they're going for, it's like, damn it, we should have picked those up. Just like the Pillow Buddies, man. We missed out, dude. Like, from 90 until about 95, 96, we missed out on some gems, and that sucks. Yeah. Good Brother Mike did find something the other day. He found a pristine LJN Andre the Giant Series 1 for 13 bucks, dude. It's like finding a unicorn. Kudos to GBM, man, finding that. Because every time I search Macari or eBay, dude, it's like, looking at expensive cars i guess you could say yeah and you know what it's not just wrestling figures dude i can as i've been saying with the whole gi joe thing i can vouch for that as well i was looking at some sold prices on makari from april on figures that i'm looking for or i was looking for now and the price difference between what they sold for in april versus what they're going for and or selling for now it's it's unbelievable it's one hundred to three hundred percent higher now than it was less than two months ago i'm talking like mid-april and you can almost look at a graph and say okay covid checks landed here (laughs) and wow look (laughs) at those prices go it's insane and the money's gonna run out at some point i think and that's why a lot of people are doing that is because they're just investing in stuff that makes them happy why not you know you've got the money live your best life spend it but then you start to see the curve up of all the secondary market prices, and that's fine. We'll ride that wave now. It will dip back down. Of course, I don't think it'll ever hit levels that it was even two to three years ago, but I expect the dip to come at some point because the good time money is going to run out eventually, and I think you're going to see everything start to correct itself. But again, it's never going to dip down to what it was two or three years ago. I think that that, that price point of say a month ago to a month and a half ago is going to kind of be what you're looking at moving forward. I was reading a story on Facebook from a gentleman in one of the uh, Facebook group I'm in for wrestling figures. And 
he had the debate going on. He was like, he actually put together this long message, but he said, guys, if I sell off my collection right now, I can be debt free. And a lot of people messaged him below and said, don't sell, don't sell, you know, you're going to regret it or whatnot. And he's like, do you guys understand what it's like to be debt free? He goes, I can just sell off all these figures and be debt free. He goes that that's one of the most amazing feelings in the world. So it was a fun conversation. I shouldn't say a fun, but it was a interesting conversation going on below that gentleman's post. I think he was going to end up selling because that feeling of being debt free must, it's like 50 pound bag off your shoulders. Well, for sure. But it also runs down to what is your situation in life? You know, do you have a wife and kids and a mortgage and bills stacking up? And if you were to sell these figures, would that all wash away and you would be comfortable for a lot of people? If that's the situation, I would say yes, especially given the market the way it is right now. Sell if that's going to put you and your family in a better position. Absolutely. If you don't need to sell and you're in debt, I probably wouldn't sell. But again, it depends on what your collection means to you. Our shared collection, Jeff, that we have, be it LJNs, Remco's, uh, Galoobs, Hasbro's, I, I could never part with those. I I, I just couldn't. It, it means too much, especially the figures that we have or the ones that we grew up with. I couldn't part with those. There's no way. So, I, I mean, the ones I have hanging up on my wall, that's one thing. If my family needed the money, yeah, those would go in a second. Because family first, right? I love the figures, but family first. But we're comfortable right now. The market's really high, but I don't buy these things to resell them, right? That's not why I have them hanging up on my wall. And that's not why you and I have a bunch of loose figures laying around between our two houses. We don't buy them to resell them. We buy them because we love them. That's why we've been doing a podcast for four and a half years, 220 plus consecutive episodes. We love these things. There's a reason we've been on doing this podcast so long. We love these figures. We're not in it to resell it. That's not our thing. For some it is, and to each their own. If that's why you're in it, great. And if you can resell them and get out of debt, go for it. That's awesome. But our shared collection, Jeff, I no matter what, I could never part with those. But the ones, ones hanging up on my wall here, be it Mattel's, Jack's Classic Superstars, uh, my one grip and flip package that is signed by Rick and Scott Steiner. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I had to sell those to get out of debt and make my family comfortable, I totally would. But the ones that you and I grew up with, I could never part with those. That actually led to an interesting conversation that Norm, uh, my buddy Norm out here texted me. He said, when is it okay to sell off Mattel Elite Series and ask for more than cost plus shipping? Oh, Okay, you mean without viola- violating the terms of the fig life? <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, what? Look, the way I always view it is if you can't find that figure on the pegs anymore and really the secondary market is where you've got to go to get it, it's fair game. You know, charge, charge what you charge. My rule of thumb is if you can still find that figure in most parts of the country going to Target or Walmart, or jumping on a website and maybe paying a couple dollars more for it. If that's the case, you got to go cost plus shipping. Otherwise, I think you're really taking advantage of people. You know, especially when you find something on the peg and you turn around and you're like, I want $35 plus shipping for this figure. If that same person that's buying that figure right now can go on another website 
eBay, whatever, Entertainment Earth, Megalopolis, if they can go on that same website and get that figure for cheaper, you're fleecing them. That's just my opinion. To each their own, I'm not telling anybody how to live their life. If you want to make money off of this hobby, go for it. But that's not why I'm in it, and that's not why people in the Fig Life are in it. That's not us. We're not in this to make a buck. We're in this to help our fellow collectors. That's why you put hashtag Fig Life next to your name. That's why you wear the t-shirts with hashtag Fig Life on it. You're out to help people not make a buck. That's my rule of thumb. Now, if it's, you know, an old elite series, an old defining moment, entrance great, whatever it might be, and you can't readily find that figure, then it's fair game. All bets are off. Right now, with it being a seller's market, I actually don't blame anybody for selling off their collection or older figures or whatnot. Right now, you see dollar signs all over the place. So I don't blame anybody for even remotely wanting to sell off their collection right now or sell off any of their prior figures. Norm kind of said it was about a three to six month or three to six series after. I say like Elite 76 is hitting shelves right now. Maybe in about Elite 79, 80 that's when you can start looking at higher prices because you can't find them. Right. And you know what? I won't pay secondary market prices until I know for a fact that I can't find that figure for either retail or a touch above retail. Like once it's gone, it's gone. And then you're kind of at the mercy of the secondary market. But I won't pay secondary market prices for any figure until I know for a fact that I won't have any chance of finding it at that retail price, either online or at retail. People paying $40 for The Fiend, and it's not even out yet? Well, okay. <laughs> it kind of is. People paying $40 for that, give yourself a shot to find it at retail first. Really, don't just jump because you have to have it now. I mean, to each their own, that's fine. Do what you're going to do. I just it, it breaks my heart to see people paying these exorbitant prices for figures when they really don't have to. You know what I mean? You've got the fig life trying to help people out. Just give it a little bit. Wait until somebody's like, hey, I've got this fiend figure I just found. Does anybody need him? Watch for those posts. You're going to save yourself a bunch of money by doing that. And look, there's people paying crazy money for Otis right now. Those things are just hitting pegs. So me personally, as long as we've been collecting, Jeff, I've learned sometimes you need to hit the brakes a little bit. If you see it, buy it. But don't pay more than you need to pay. Pump the brakes a little bit and just wait out that deal. Sometimes it'll work in your wallet's favor. And also check out doingthefavor.com. They've got a great website going on over there where you can trade figures or you can buy figures, cost plus shipping, stuff like that. So that's another resource that they've put together over there to help people find figures. So check them out as well. It's the legwork and fig life community shaking hands like the mega powers. So Scott, since you brought up your Steiner Brothers 2-pack... I thought it would be fun to read the Steiner Brothers theme from WCW. Now, last week, everybody agreed that that Ricky Steamboat theme was hideous. Yes. But why, wait, why are you putting this on me? Just because I mentioned some Steiner figures, you have to read these horrible lyrics? Yeah, this one's on you, brother. Oh, okay. I see. And it just so happens that you have the lyrics printed out in front of you. But because I mentioned the Steiner Brothers figures like five minutes ago, suddenly it's my <laughs> fault. Okay. I see. Scott, are you ready for horrible WCW theme 93? No, not even a little bit. Actually, did they have Steinerized before they left for the WWF? I believe so. Yes, they did. Okay. Okay. I couldn't remember if they had it before or they got it when they came back. 
No, I want to say they had it before they left because I think they had like the Michigan theme or something like that. It was like college type music. You'd hear like a marching band or something play. I think they had that. And then I think it went to Steinerized. And then when they went to WWE, they had a theme or WWF, they had a theme. And then when they came back, I think it went back to Steinerized. I think so as well. But here are the lyrics to the Steiner Brothers WCW theme song, Steinerized. Are you ready? Nope. All right. Here's the story of two brothers, Rick and Scott. Hood Slam out here has the Stoner Brothers. Rick Scott, Scott Rick, the Stoner Brothers. The Stoners, yes. Yeah, that's actually hella funny, by the way. Yeah, Scott Rick and Rick Scott, exactly. <laughs> that's their names, is Scott Rick, Rick Scott. <laughs> Stoner. Stoner, yes. <laughs> uh, here's the story of two brothers, Rick and Scott. They don't use drugs, and they're always on top. <laughs> but hide the time of their ability so bow to your knees okay i i got nothing on that one wow they take they take on all comers no matter what size whoa scott i'm reading the steinerized theme what <laughs> like dude this penthouse forum did you switch stories all of a sudden on us hey you said snow job earlier that's true i did okay continue they take on all comers, no matter what size. There won't be any question when you get Steinerized. <laughs> this is hilarious, dude. This is... Oh, by the way, Steinerized chorus four times. <laughs> wow. All in high school, it was easy to see. <laughs> Next stop, Michigan University. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Dude. These guys are like Michael Jackson level lyrics here. <laughs> Examine in wrestling, all American liked it so much they went back and did it again. Uh. They take on all comers, no matter what size. <laughs> there won't be any question. You, you know the rest, Scott, right? It, yes, they take on all comers, no matter the size. Did they get off the wall of the cat house? Is that where they got that lyric from? But I don't know. Is this worse than the uh, man called Sting theme? I would say it's on par with that one, but definitely not as bad as the Ricky Steamboat. I don't think you can top the Ricky Steamboat one. That one is ultimate cringe. Like, it's really, really bad. The Steiners one is bad, and there's a lot of innuendo in there, man. I'm like, what are they trying to say about these brothers here? I don't really like it. I don't even want to read the rest. This is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Why am I reading this? Yeah. Well, apparently it's my fault. It is your fault. And plus, everybody seems to think it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of is when you read those lyrics. <laughs> Ted Turner had billions and billions of dollars. You think you could have gotten a better songwriter for these songs? Uh, I don't know, dude. No. <laughs> the quick answer, no. No, he was investing his money in the Braves in the 90s, remember? Not WCW lyrics. Oh, good point. Good point. Right. That's a very good point. So anyways, that was the Steinerized theme. I don't know which theme I'm going to do next. I don't even know if I'm going to do any more of these. These are stupid. Ted Turner's like, do I want to pay Ron Gant a buttload of money? Or do I want the Steiners to have a really kick-ass theme? Ah, give Rom that raise. Steiners, you get this this crap song. Take this. You guys will take on all comers, no matter the size. Snow job. Scott, we do have a bit of news. What do you say we jump into it? Let's talk about it. Oh, you gonna learn today. Scott, before we kick off the news, what do you say you jump into that Manscaped ad? This news segment is brought to you by Manscaped. Jeff, 
flowers are blooming, the grass is growing, and it's time to mow your lawn. Thanks to our sponsor, Manscaped, you can trim the hedges below the belt safely and efficiently. I'm talking about ball trimmers. Manscaped is here to make sure your balls are smooth and smelling nice. After all, it's time for some spring cleaning. Manscaped is the only men's brand dedicated to below-the-waist grooming. They have forever changed the grooming game with their Perfect Package 3.0, precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. The Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawn Mower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. This third-generation trimmer features a cutting-edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents, millions of balls, and all three of yours, Jeff, are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. Inside the perfect package, you'll also find the Manscaped Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. It's starting to get hot outside, and this is crucial so your balls stop sticking to your leg. And as our treat, you'll find the Crop Reviver, which will keep your balls smelling fresh, just like spring flowers. Subscribe to the perfect package and get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer always stays hygienic and clean. For a limited time, subscribers get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs, which are incredibly comfortable. This is the perfect package for your perfect package. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped.com. Do yourself a favor and always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WFP20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WFP20. It's spring cleaning, baby, and your balls will thank you. Anytime you pick up anything from manscaped.com, head on over there and use code WFP20. Celeste just actually got me the weed whacker, Scott. Oh, so you need the, to go a step beyond the mower. Like, you've got some, some big-time foliage going on down there, huh? No, the weed whacker is actually the nose and ear trimmer. Oh. I've got to say, this is one of the greatest things she's ever gotten me because I don't know if anybody else has this issue, but I get ingrown hairs inside my nose when I use my nose trimmer, nose hair trimmer. Oh, gotcha. It's not doing a good job of cutting them and it's getting them down under the skin. Yep. Ooh. I have not had one ingrown hair inside my nose. Now, this this is just a guy thing. This is something that happens to me all the time. I get ingrown hairs. Dude, I have not had one since using the weed whacker. So that nose and ear hair trimmer, it's beautiful. I love that thing. I can't I can't say enough great things about it, man. Not one ingrown hair, and that's like a first. Nice. Okay, well, there you go. Um, I highly recommend the boxers. I, I talk about it almost every show. The boxers are super, super comfortable. And now I need to go. I'll probably get a couple more pairs of those. But now I definitely need to go pick up that nose hair trimmer because I need another one too. Mine's, gosh, I think it's almost as old as my, as my oldest daughter. I think I got it in like 2002, 2003, something like that. So I'm long overdue. I haven't gotten the ingrown hairs yet in my nose and I don't want them. So I'm, I'm definitely due for one. So I'm going to go pick that one up. The Weed Whacker, you said it's called, Jeff, right? The Weed Whacker, yes. Go and grab that one, dude. It's 30 bucks. 
but if you use our code, you get 20% off. So there you go, dude. And free shipping, WFP20. There you go. Yep. Scott, jumping into the news, San Diego Comic-Con came out with some news this past week. Yeah, so everybody gets to go to Comic-Con this year. As we all know, they canceled it a few months ago, said it's out because of the epidemic going on. So Comic-Con is physically canceled, but everybody can attend Comic-Con from the comfort of their own, own home. No parking, no having to pay concession prices, and the best part, no crowds. So you can view all of the exhibitions, the panels, the interviews. There's going to be a hall that you can go into and purchase the uh, the exclusives, the toys, all that good stuff, which I'm sure there's going to be one from Mattel. But everything is going to be online, so definitely go check out San Diego Comic-Con at home. You can even print out badges at home if you want so you can be all official sitting in your comfy couch, sipping on your own drinks, no line for the bathroom, nobody bumping up against you, everybody's got deodorant on. It's a wonderful thing, so Comic-Con at home this year. But they have announced next year it is definitely back on. No matter what, it's back on next year. It is back on next year. So now, right, we get to start with the rampant speculation. What's going to be the exclusive? What are they going to show? I, I don't know yet. There's a, a lot of stuff you can throw out. But given that they were going for these crazy gimmicks for a few years with their uh, their exclusives, and then last year they threw Macho Man in there, it was like, okay, well, there goes that theory of like a crazy gimmick every year. So Isaac Yankum, Shockmaster. Okay, and then they throw in Macho Man. Well, you got to throw out that theory that it's always going to be a stupid gimmick or a crazy gimmick. Shouldn't say stupid. Uh, man. I, I'm, I'm still trying to think. I, I don't know who it's going to be. I have no idea. But I'm sure we'll find out very, very soon because we're about a month and a half out from Comic-Con. It's about the third week of July. So we'll be finding out very, very soon what that exclusive is going to be. But I think more so than the exclusive, I'm excited about what reveals they're going to have. Skinner. Really? That's that's your big name? That's the exclusive. The, oh, that's the exclusive is going to be Skinner. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, all right. Well, then I'm going gobbledygooker. We're we're finally going to get that figure. You've said that every year we've done this show. Do you remember back in the 90s, every time there was going to be like a mystery partner? Every time I was like, it's Ultimate Warrior. Yes. And we talked about this. And every time there was a King of Ring and we put our money down, we placed our bets. Yours was always on Ahmed Johnson. Ahmed Johnson. He was a bad mofo. Even when he wasn't in the King of the Ring, you still put your money down on Ahmed Johnson. He was going to be a, a mystery reveal as like the last participant in the King of the Ring. Ahmed Johnson <laughs> was a bad mofo. And I will go to my grave saying that, yes, he was injury prone. I don't care. Ahmed Johnson was a bad mofo. <laughs> in fact, you know what? He's my pick for the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive. It's going to be Ahmed Johnson. And if it's not him, it's going to be RoboCop. Ooh, good call on that one. No, it, it will definitely not be RoboCop, dude. No, I it love that idea. RoboCop. That is a great idea, Scott. Okay, so what's your... If you just had to pull one name out of the sky that they're going to show, right? We've had some surprises the last few years, be it Freddie Blassie, be it Gorilla Monsoon. I'm not talking Comic-Con in general. I'm talking about when they do these big reveals. They've really pulled some legends out of the air and been like, dude, I didn't think they are going to make a figure of him. So if you had to pull like a name out of the air and they were going to hit us with a name to surprise us with, who do you think it's going to be? So, okay, we're getting Ronnie Garvin. 
That's for Steve over at the PPW podcast. <laughs> he hates Ronnie Garvin. <laughs> wow. Okay. Ronnie Garvin, huh? Okay. We're getting Ronnie Garvin. Uh, okay. Hands of Stone, former champion. We're getting Ronnie. All right. Well, you're going to go crazy and pick Ronnie Garvin. Oof. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go with the fabulous Freebirds. I'm going to say that we're going to get a Michael Hayes and a Jimmy Garvin figure. I think we're going to get Freebirds. They're Hall of Famers. I'm going to say we're going to get the fabulous Freebirds. Okay. No Rock and Roll Express or Midnight Express. I don't think so, dude. I really, I, I don't think so. I, you look at the guys that they've surprised us with the last few years. Uh, Blassie, Gorilla. They're doing another Bobby Heenan legend. They did Rick Rude this past Elite Series. They've done Elizabeth. You know what? Actually, I take that back. I'm just joking around. Honestly, I think we're going to get the Jeff Jarrett. I have a feeling Jeff Jarrett's going to be Kapanen. Excellent call. Excellent call. Yes. Okay, I wonder if we're going to see any ECW figures pop up. Like any ECW era, not like late 2000s WWF or WWE ECW. I'm talking like 90s ECW. Maybe. Hmm. They're def- that's definitely a good chance. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, maybe some Attitude Era, maybe some ECW. Hmm. Yeah, it's a tough call, man. They've kind of been surprising us, but it seems to be with the WWE Legends. They really push Hall of Fame. So that's why I'm going to think Fabulous Freebirds. I'm, I'm really, really hoping Fabulous Freebirds. Okay. Or let's go Captain Lou as well. Ooh, getting an 80s manager in there, huh? Yes, I'm really liking the manager swing that they're doing. So we've just kind of done the tip of the iceberg with Blassie. And now we're getting, again, Heenan in the Legends line in his weasel suit. So let's keep pushing that trend. Give us Captain Lou. In addition to that, though, what about AEW? Because AEW is going to have a showing there for sure. Oh, yeah. Jazzwares. Yeah, Jazzwares will definitely have a showing. Uh, Good question. Maybe Series 3? I'm going to guess Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. We're going to see figures of them. Have to, right? I would think so, yes. I I mean, Luchasaurus, the guy, much like The Fiend, that guy was made to be an action figure. I've got to think that we're going to see Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy at Comic-Con. And I've been talking to a couple people, and I've got to think, because they've recommended it as well, I've got to think we're going to get a hint of some legends coming in. We know Jeremy's bread and butter was classic superstars with Jax that revitalized the line. You've got to think that's on their radar. I don't know if this is a situation of it being too soon because the figures haven't even hit the pegs yet. It might be. Maybe we'll find out about it next year. But you got to think that the AEW line from Jazzwares is going to dip its toes in the Legends water, right? It was such a hit with Jax. Jeremy's heading up this new brand. That's his bread and butter. You've got to think they're going to be doing Legends. Oh, definitely. Uh, that's going to be happening. I think Jeremy basically confirmed it. And Arn and Tully. I mean, what two better guys to kick that off? The Brainbusters, Legends. Scott, sticking with Mattel, and then we'll jump over to AEW. War Games playset. Did you see it? I did. So I saw the pictures start popping up on Facebook. And somebody had put on there that they saw it on the UK toy website, Smith's or Smythe's. I'm not sure how it's pronounced. So I immediately jumped onto their website, looked it up. 
This is two, it looks like the basic rings, the smaller basic rings, much like what you got with the Dusty Rhodes figure a few years ago at Target. And it's surrounded, it's a War Games playset, exactly what it says. Tables, chairs, all of the accessories you could want. It's got the surrounding cage. It does not have a top, of course. So of course, no top to more mirror the NXT version of War Games as opposed to the NWA version of War Games that did have a top on the cage. So two basic rings connected with a cage all the way around it. It's got pieces of the cage that break away. It's got a, a working door on it that also has a breakaway piece inside the door. I was talking with uh, Tim at a chair shot on Twitter. I was talking with him offline about it. And the hardcore collectors in both of us were like, damn it, this isn't like real scale. It, there's no top on the cage. It's, you know, we, we want this for display or whatever. And we both kind of came to the realization that this isn't a display set it's a play set it's meant to be played with for the kids and it was like oh man i we just want that real scale display so bad but are you really going to complain that you're getting a war game set eh not really this thing is cool looking yes it's the basic rings it's not the full real scale setup still looks awesome kids are going to have a blast with this thing and i hope it sells well because this couldn't have been cheap for Mattel to, to produce and make. So I'm definitely buying one. I hope a bunch of people listening are buying one. Hopefully the figure photographers can make this thing work. And it's going to be amazing. Scott, I, I did go on to Wrestling Fig's message boards. And I was following Steve answering some questions. And the one that stood out, somebody asked Steve, any chance of a running change of Rude without wearing the robe? If not... Then going forward, is it possible to have all soft goods that are prone to staining not be worn in packaging? Steve said, seeing what can be done, the team is looking into this. Wait, is there an issue of soft goods and packages staining? I guess so. I don't know. We're mitten on car, dude. We don't know. Wow. Okay. I, I had never heard about this before. I had no idea that that was an issue. Interesting. Yeah, I know that the Dalton Castle one from FTC, I know that one got stained from his soft goods outfit. But from Mattel's side, I haven't heard about that. Oh, okay. I had no idea. Very, very interesting. Scott, there's this uh, toy store out in Delaware called They Are Action Figures. I've actually been following them on Facebook and Instagram. They sent out a picture the other day. And on this picture, it said they put the caption, uh, when I get bored, I just start ordering whatever. Well, they showed the list of what they were ordering. They were ordering a bunch of stuff, and one that stuck out to me was the Mori Povich game, You Are Not the Father. Can you believe that they're actually making a Mori game? Finally. Finally. An excuse <laughs> for me to take a board game into the bathroom and prove if I'm the father or not. Finally. Finally. They finally took my idea. And then they also decided to do some Uno games and some WWE figures, of course. So... One that popped up on here was the Ultimate Fiend. Ultimate Fiend had actually popped up on a screenshot prior to this, but they were placing their order. So we're getting an Ultimate Fiend, dude. That is awesome. I can't really see how it's going to top the Elite Fiend unless they take that same figure and then put the soft goods jacket on it. And then, of course, hands or whatever. But really what can take it up over the top is the inclusion of the puppets. And I've got to think that's what's happening with the Ultimate Fiend. Jacket and puppets. WWE Ultimate Hulk Hogan, which we all knew about. They showed that at Access. Becky Lynch Ultimate Edition action figure. Bobby Fish, which stays in line with that rumored lineup that we had just heard about the other day. 
Drake Maverick, same. This one got a lot of people talking. Goldberg versus Bret Hart Elite Collection 2-pack. Would you like to guess what the accessory is going to be in that 2-pack? A hockey jersey. Well, I would imagine that Bret's probably going to be wearing that, but he's got to have a cookie sheet accessory, dude. I'm thinking he's going to have the steel plate. Uh, Somebody did say that they heard on the message boards, and I didn't see this, but they said that the WCW tag... U.S. and heavyweight titles will be included in the packaging. Stop it. Seriously? That was rumored on the FIGS message board. Wow. Okay, I'll take that with a grain of salt then. But if there is any truth to that rumor, that is going to be sweet. So, Brett and Goldberg 2-pack. I mean, he has to be wearing that cookie sheet, right? Have the hockey jersey to the side. Have the cookie sheet on Brett and him wearing his jorts. Yes, 100%. Oh, I'm sorry. We need to to get back into character. We can't say cookie sheet. That was actually a very, very hard steel plate because Goldberg would not render himself unconscious on a cookie sheet. (laughs) No way. It was definitely a very, very hard metal plate. After that, Io Shirai, which also falls in line with the rumored lineup, and Matt Riddle Elite Figure. So those were the figures that popped up on they are action figures Instagram. The Goldberg and Brett, dude, I was kind of indifferent on it. I was, I didn't know how to feel about it, dude. You know that the kick that ended Brett's career, you know, it was just kind of that feeling like, oh, I don't know why they're touching this. But at the same time, we're getting a different looking Brett. We've already had a Brett in the Jack's Classic where he was wearing jorts. Yes. But this is going to be him wearing the steel plate because why else would they make this two pack? Oh, right. Why would they put Brett with Goldberg? It was only memorable for one thing, and it was that steel plate incident. Well, yeah, and when I think of the Brett-Goldberg feud, I really don't think about him ending Brett's career. I think of that moment where he ran into the steel plate that Brett had on. So it makes a lot of sense that would be a two-pack. Scott, you were talking about Smith's Toys. They showed off an AEW basic ring with Cody figure. He will be in silver and blue, so he'll be different from his main run figure. That also popped up on Smith's Toys website in the UK. Scott, we need to go talk to the listener. What do you say we do that? Let's talk to him. And I just want to hear from my people. Tell me, can I hear from my people? I just want to hear from my people. And I just want to listen. Scott, first question comes in from Joe. I want to get both of your opinions on new figure release coming our way. That figure would be Elite 77, The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. I feel like when it was first announced, or even before that, a lot of customs were being shown online already. When the figure was finally shown in package, I just wasn't excited. A lot of customs I've seen already look so much better, which is nuts. I think the head and hair could have been better. And even the lantern doesn't look right. The SummerSlam choice for this figure brings it down. I might only be purchasing the Rick Rude and Viscera from the set. Curious to hear what you guys think. Joe. I actually like the figure, and we had talked about it last week. And initial reaction when I saw it was, eh, okay. But the more I've looked at it, I actually really like it. And Joe's right. There were a ton of customs that were being done. And not just in Mattel scale, but people were doing Hasbro customs of them too. And they all looked great. It's one of those things, this is Mattel's first Fiend right out of the gate. I'm sure Mattel is going to release a slew of Fiend figures. He's probably going to be in their next top picks assortment, if I had to guess. There's going to be a lot more, 
This is the first offering of The Fiend. I think it's really good, and I think it only gets better from here. We're getting that Ultimate Edition that you just discussed in the last segment, Jeff. I'm sure that one's going to kick ass. It's going to look awesome. I'm not disappointed with this one at all. I think it looks good. I really like it. I bought one for myself. I bought one for Peyton, and I'm looking forward to getting it. I did see the shots of people that got theirs and opened them up, and I'm satisfied with it. For the first Fiend figure right out of the gate, solid offering by Mattel. And anytime you have somebody that's really good at doing custom work, a lot of times they can put a lot more attention and detail into it. And you'll see a lot of really, really good customs. And then Mattel comes out with something you're like, eh, I've kind of seen better. But I think Mattel is only going to get better with their Fiend figures. But I like the first offering in Elite 77. Before you called tonight, I was talking to uh, Keith Baracus. Oh, okay. I was talking to him on the phone. And he goes, you know what? He goes... They're going to pace themselves with Fiend figures. I mean, we have the Ultimate coming out. We've got the Elite coming out. He goes, Mattel just needs to pace themselves and do things right, like add the jacket, fine-tool the lantern, make the puppets. There, there's so much that can go into this one figure. It, yeah, but I, I, slowing down, that doesn't seem to be Mattel's M.O., Look at how many AJ Styles figures, Finn Balor's, John Cena's, Seth Rollins, Roman Reigns, the list goes on. They just continue to pump them out. And Mattel just releasing this Fiend figure that now has turned into such a hot commodity. And yeah, it's his first one. Future releases of The Fiend aren't going to sell anywhere near as well as the first offering did or is going to. But slowing down is not Mattel's MO. They never do that. They'll get sales out of Fiend and they'll be like, oh, there's money to be made here. We're not going to leave any on the table. Start pumping out those Fiend figures. So while I think he's right, man, that just doesn't seem to be the way Mattel does things. When they see a guy as money, they're pumping those figures out. I don't mind the figure. I like the body type that they were able to capture because that's Bray's body type. It was such a unique looking body type that I think that they did a great job capturing that look. Thank you, Joe, for your question. Scott, next question comes in from Josh Thompson. Hey, Jeff and Scott, JT here back with that weekly question. This week, I wanted to follow up on something a viewer asked last week on how you guys approach wrestlers who have done bad things when it comes to collecting. Here's my personal take. It depends on what the person did. If the wrestler did something awful whether it be kill someone or say something racist, I'm probably not going to support them. But if the wrestler is reported diva or jerk backstage like Shawn Michaels was during the 90s at WWE, I'm willing to separate who they are in real life from who they are on TV. At the end of the day, I'd rather give my money to a reported diva slash jerk than someone who's a murderer or just constantly done bad thing after bad thing with no redemption in sight. Well, there you go. And I kind of asked people to weigh in on that because I guess it is kind of a touchy slash controversial subject. Who do you support based on what they did? So thank you, JT, for sending that in. That is a touchy subject, man. Like I know when Hogan, when it came out with Hogan said what he said, I put away my Hogan stuff because like I was going to the gym and I, I, I bought the Hogan cut off sleeve shirts and I put those away, dude. I just didn't feel right wearing it. But at the same time, like if I see a Hogan figure, like I purchased the Storm collectibles, but wearing Hogan stuff out and about, I just, I I can't bring myself to do. Gotcha. So you're still going to buy the figures. For example, that Ultimate Edition Hogan that's coming out, you're going to buy that, but you don't rep his gear is what you're saying. 
Yeah, I don't rep it out and about at the gym or anywhere. Like if it's a hot day, I'll, I'll throw on a cutoff sleeve shirt and go to Target or Walmart or whatnot. But just, I don't know. I, I just can't. And it's funny because when Warrior came back to WWE and they came out with that face painted Warrior t-shirt. Yes. I was wearing that everywhere. But again, dude, the things he was saying, holy crap, man. He is, he was not a good dude. And he never tried to make it right either. And that's kind of the bad part. Like we understand that Hogan said what he said and then he apologized. Now, whether or not that was sincere, there's different accounts of, of how people took that. I don't know, but warrior never even apologized. That was his opinion. And that was that, that was warrior. So yeah, I'm with you. I have the same shirt, the one that they released in 2014. And yeah, I don't really wear mine around either. I'm, I'm with you on that. Scott, we're going to end the show with some general talk. Uh, A lot of people messaged me last week and was talking about how you were needing to fill some holes. Ah, yes. Like you had a lot of holes to fill in in something like that? Yes. Thank you to a couple of listeners for actually approaching me and filling those holes. I am now satisfied. Thank you. (laughs) Well done, dude. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't even think about it when I was saying it. And you told me, you're like, uh, dude, apparently you needed to have some holes filled. And I'm like, oh man, here we go. Here we go. And it was funny because Nate uh, at Rink Skirts reached out to me and he was like, uh, don't you like them holes being filled? I'm like, oh man, great. (laughs) See, when you have a dirty mind, like sometimes the show does, you got to expect it back. And we got it, or I should say, I got it back. So to all of you who were concerned or stepping up to offer to fill the holes, the holes have already been filled. Thank you anyway. And thank you for your concern. The two things people took away from last week's show, the horrible Ricky Steamboat theme and Scott needing to fill holes. (laughs) Should we change the format of our podcast? Because apparently we're in the wrong business here. (laughs) Right? That's the other (laughs) podcast, isn't it? Yeah, that's the other one. People might like that one better. (laughs) Also, when all of this is done and let's say people do start having signings again and wrestlers do go back, Scott, I wanted to talk about paint pens, man. Our paint pens that we have, are people going to be using them? I mean, this is just a, this is another general topic that's been going on in the fig life. Like, are people going to be using our paint pens when we hand it over to them? Uh, the short answer is no. I, I don't see how. You don't want to be transferring things between people and you want social distance. So no touching. So you handing off a pen to somebody to hand to the person signing the autograph, that's right out. Gloves or no gloves, you just you, you can't be transferring things back and forth between people like that. So I really don't think that if you go to a signing in, in the near future, or even in the future, you're going to be able to hand that person a pen to sign autographs with. Now, we as collectors need to change the way future conventions and or autograph signings are done and that we need to demand paint pens be on site as opposed to Sharpies. And it would, would be in our best interest, I think, to reach out ahead of going to a signing, reach out to the promoter and be like, hey, what, what are they using to sign? Is it basic Sharpie or is it paint pen? Because that's going to be a difference maker. And I believe we kind of touched on, on that a week or two ago, Jeff. It needs to be addressed ahead of time because if it's going to be Sharpie, I'm in your camp here. I'm going to skip the signing. I don't want Sharpie autographs 
because Jeff, when you were over here on Saturday, we kind of took a look at the wall, the signatures and everything. Autographs that I got back in 2005 with a Sharpie are fading. You have autographs on your wall, Jeff, of wrestlers who have passed away. And those are in Sharpie and they're fading near gone. And you can never get those back. Now, had they been in paint pen, they would have lasted forever. But the fact that they're in Sharpie, they fade. So what's the point of paying all of that money for an autograph? Take Undertaker, for example. What is he, like $200, $400 now for an autograph? And you're going to get that in a Sharpie that in 10 years down the road could possibly fade or be non-existent? No, thank you. I'm, I'm okay. I'll save my money and then hope down the road that your next signing with the Undertaker, you're going to have a, a paint pen there and not a basic Sharpie. So it really, I think it, it starts to rest on our shoulders to not only request, but demand that paint pens be there or we're not turning up for the signing. I will not pay good money for a signature with a Sharpie. Just because I have figures on the wall, Jeff, you have figures on the wall of autographs from wrestlers that we'll never get back or be able to do over again because that wrestler's no longer with us and that sucks. And I don't want to pay for an autograph again that's going to go away in 10 years. So if it's not paint pen with you, Jeff, I'm out. It's funny, dude, just thinking about WrestleCon and all the people that are going to be surrounded in one room. Yeah, how do you do that? That's a whole whole other, I mean, aside from paint pens, like now you're dealing with a whole logistics thing of how do you fit that many people into a condensed area with that much talent? Really, I, I, I think to New Orleans at the convention center, the way that they had so much space there, that's about how much space you would need for WrestleCon now. The entire NOLA Convention Center, where they had access and a, a couple other things going on, you would need the whole thing just for WrestleCon now to maintain social distance and no touchies. Like, <laughs> with the new ground rules that are in place, you need a huge space to accommodate WrestleCon in the future. Assuming there is going to be a WrestleCon, and I would assume, yes, there will be one, but the rules have changed. So... It's going to be really interesting to see that first WrestleCon out of the gate, the amount of talent that they bring in for that, what kind of venue is going to host that. Nobody knows, dude. That's the thing is nobody knows. But, you know, it, whenever the vaccine does hit, you know, we've got seven companies, last I heard, seven companies going for that vaccine right now. And then you got to put it to trial, and that's 12 months, I think, at the earliest. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a race, dude. We'll see what happens. But... Anyways, this is a call out to the promoters. When these signings do happen again, you need to get Posca medium point paint pens. <laughs> okay, not just paint pens in general, no. but exactly what Jeff just said. Yes, because on Posca's medium point paint pens, it comes in a variety pack. So let the person that's getting the autograph choose what color they want. That Have those Posca paint pens sitting right there. And have the person come up and go, oh, I think blue or white or red will look great on the figure. So they can choose what color they can use for that. So I, I'm honestly saying that this is like the best thing you can do is just go get Posca medium point paint pens because it works great on elites. It works for basics. It works great for retros. With the way the packaging is looking for AEW, it will look great for there. So just have them sitting out and let the person choose. Yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. And this might sound weird to a promoter. Like, wait, they want different colors and a specific type. 
All you have to do is look at a collector's wall that has these figures hanging up with the different color paint on the figures and how it pops off and why you choose specific colors. Just look at one collector's wall and you'll get it. You will understand. And look at it next to a Sharpie signature. I've posted that fin picture, I don't know how many times, Jeff, of the Network Spotlight and the Elite 41 side by side. The Network Spotlight is signed with a silver Sharpie. The Finn Elite 41 Demon figure is signed in a white paint pen. The difference is staggering. I'm not over-exaggerating here. The difference is staggering. You can barely read the Sharpie signature, but the white paint pen, as those of you who have gotten paint pen signatures in the past can attest, it makes a huge difference. It pops off the figure. Not only that, longevity of the autograph on the figure bubble is going to be there as opposed to the Sharpie, which is going to fade after a certain number of years. It makes all the difference. And it makes all the difference of, is Scott going to buy a ticket for that signing or is Scott not going to buy a sign or a ticket to that signing? I'm not. If it's Sharpie, I'm out. I'm not investing in something that's going to be gone in a few years. It doesn't make any sense to me to do that, especially with autograph prices going up every year. No, thank you. Seriously, that's 100% truth right there. And I don't think you're the only one, Scott, because there's a lot of figure collectors out there that love getting their figures signed that want them in a paint pen. Like you said, you're not going to get the autograph. So that's 20 bucks, 25 bucks right there gone. I wouldn't get an autograph. That's 50 bucks. That just adds up after a while because there's going to be a few collectors behind me that are going to be disappointed that their figure got signed in a Sharpie. Well, for sure. And look, we're not being snobs about it. We're not being elitists. Yes, we it are. Comes, oh, maybe a small part. Okay. I, I <laughs> yeah, we totally maybe, are, dude. Maybe a very, very small part. But I can show you pictures of my Iron Sheik autograph that I got back in 2005. I can show you my Nikolai Volkov, my Roddy Piper, my Tito Santana, uh, my Greg Valentine, all of which were signed in Sharpies. Uh, my Hogan, my Warrior, all signed in Sharpies. Then I can show you paint pen autographs to where they are still, however many years later, popping off of the figures while the Sharpies are fading. No way am I going to go meet somebody like Undertaker and pay two to $400 for his signature with a Sharpie that's going to be gone in a few years. That makes no sense. But I will go to a signing where the guy has a paint pen. That makes all the difference to me. And in addition to that, I'm sure paint pens are going to be kind of the last thing that they look at. Because look, first and foremost, how do you do wrestling conventions like, and we touched on this earlier, how do you do wrestling conventions like WrestleCon with the new standard? And you mentioned a vaccine, Jeff. But that covers the present day pandemic. Uh, who knows what crazy thing is going to come next after COVID, right? Who knows what it's going to be? And then it's going to be the same situation all over again. So I think places are going to be a lot more conscious of things like that and practice at least a little bit of social distancing. So uh, there's going to be a lot of changes, right? And however many months away from WrestleMania we are, what, nine, nine or 10 months, there's a lot of figuring out that has to happen because not only WrestleCon, you've got access and they pack people to the gills. Well, except on Thursday night, they pack people to the gills for access. They load that place up. There is no such thing as social distancing, right? Sitting at WrestleMania in a stadium, there's no six feet between you. You're lucky to have one inch of space to the person next to you, right? So well, there's just so much that goes into figuring out the next big wrestling signing. Yes, we're being elitist a little bit with the paint pen thing, but financially it makes more sense to do paint pens. But just figuring out how to maintain rules to keep people separated and social distance and 
uh, it's it's insane and i'm glad i'm not that guy trying to figure out that next big event where you're having a bunch of talent like wrestlecon like access where you're trying to figure out how to maximize the people buying tickets versus trying to maintain social distancing and all those healthy things we're supposed to be doing right now these are some general questions that were going around in the fig life we actually talked about the other one i had listed about secondary market but We've already talked about that one, so we won't go back into that. Paint pens and Scott filling holes were just some general topics we wanted. <laughs> yeah. We, sh- we need a shirt that says Scott's filling holes. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Taking souls and filling holes. Uh, wait a second. <laughs> what do you mean by that, Undertaker? <laughs> Scott, that rounds out the show. Everyone head on over to Wrestling Toy Tracker. It was kind of cool when Good Brother Mike found the Andre the Giant. He took a side shot of what wrestling toy tracker said the loose price for the Andre, the giants series one LJN was and what good brother Mike found it for. And he put it side by side and sent it over. He goes, Hey, did I do a good job? Check out wrestling toy tracker. If you are in the market for LJNs, Hasbro's Galoobs, defining moments, retros, just toys, bendums, go check that out. Wrestling toy Instagram and Twitter, toy underscore tracker. Scott Eaglemoss. If you have a pop culture or WWE fan in your life and you're looking for a gift for that certain someone, look no further than Eaglemoss. You can follow him on Twitter at hero collector underscore. I got my and you got your ring display, Jeff. It comes in two separate boxes. It's two pieces of the ring that you put together. You can display your statues in them. Eaglemoss makes these great WWE statues legends from past there's current stars incredible lineup you'll love them and it's not just wwe they've got a bunch of other properties a bunch of other licenses under their umbrella pop culture wwe you name it they've got it give them a look on twitter at hero collector underscore if you have pop culture or wwe fans in your life and you need a gift for that certain someone look no further than eagle moss gonna throw it back to the podcast buddies i'm gonna add a couple more at the end Breaker and Bane, though, kicks us off, and go listen to them. Breaker and Bane's Power Hour. Over there, Scott, you were on first, and you told the story. Yes, and I'm not going to go into it here. That is a Breaker and Bane exclusive. Go check it out. You did a good job on there, dude. I I mean, I was better, but you did a good job. Well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Wait till you hear part two. You're going to be like, man, (laughs) he one-upped me again. Go check out Breaker's side project, Back to the Nintendo, as well, where him and his tag team partner, Brett, play old-school Nintendo games on the air. And Scott, doing the favor over there, this gentleman, Eric, does an amazing, amazing job. And Barry. Of of the stuff that he does over there. I'm bearing the hatchet with Barry. I am extending my hand, and I'm going to pat him on the back so I could see where I could put the knife. But I'm going to shake his hand first. I'm going to shake his hand first. (laughs) You're so noble. (laughs) Actually, people actually thought him and I didn't like each other. And I was commenting on a couple pictures that he had posted on Facebook. And uh, people were like, wait a second, you guys actually like each other? (laughs) (laughs) You're so convincing. (laughs) I was like, the gimmick worked, brother. (laughs) (laughs) We got over. (laughs) <laughs> anyways eric and barry over there at doing the favor have a fun show also check out their website doing the like i had mentioned earlier you can join their chat group where you can trade figures you can buy figures from people or sell figures if you're looking so doing the 
PPW.com. Steve over at the PPW podcast has been doing a lot of fun shows where he's been bringing in creators from other podcasts, YouTube series, and having them sit down and kind of talk about the process that these other creators have to go through. So he had our vantage point on there, and he also had Queen of the Ring on there as well. So And Eric from Doing the Favor as well. So go check those out. Those are a lot of fun. Get the backside to putting out a weekly show or whatever show they are doing. So check out Positively Pro Wrestling Podcast. Each week, Marty and Sarah welcome in their buddies. Ryan Buds does trivia with Buds daily, so download that on iTunes as well. And Scott, Drunk Wrestling History, what's up next? Yep, so we have Vince Failures up, and as we all know, Vince has way more home runs than he does strikeouts. We got to give him a little elbow about the uh, the strikeouts that he's got, so we're talking Vince Failures and give us a follow on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. We've got a t-shirt up over at What a Maneuver. So give us a look, give us a listen. We talk history of wrestling, but we do it while we're drunk. And you guys also put up a YouTube watch along. Yes, and I apologize for the audio. There were technical difficulties even on the uh, the Vince Failures episode. It was just it was rough. It, we just had a bunch of technical difficulties with it. But yeah, there's a watch along up of uh, Tanaka and Awesome from One Night Stand 2005, which if you haven't seen it, go check out our YouTube channel and you will not be disappointed. It's one of my favorite matches of all time. I just love it. It's brutal. Both guys went out there, nearly killed each other, didn't give an F about anything, and just tore the house down. It was match of the night. Uh, So yeah, definitely go check out. We do have a couple YouTubes up of our Zoom, off of our last set of recordings. So give us a look, YouTube. You can download our podcast wherever you download Fully Posable at. And we are on Twitter at wrestling underscore drunk. Also, I do a side project with Eric Arana over at Lucha Figures and Facts on the Lucha Central Network. You can find that on iTunes as well. Our latest show just dropped where we talk about the Conan Toy Biz figure. I, uh, I expressed my feelings about Toy Biz. <laughs> have, you, have you changed your opinion on the Conan figure? There was this one cool little thing. So the trash can that comes with the Conan figure actually folds. So like right. it... Wow, so you're talking about the accessory that came with the figure, not the figure. Check out Lucha Libre figures and facts. <laughs> also, I was also on the Ringside Rant podcast with RJ, and that was fun. We also did a Mike Awesome and Tanaka match from November to Remember 99. That was a fun match because RJ was there, so we actually talked about that. And also, I want to give a shout out to Rucker over at Boots to the Faces. Rucker is a hilarious, hilarious dude. So check out those two podcasts as well. Scott, roll call. The amazing, the incredible Jason Wolf. Give him a follow on Twitter at JasonWLF. If you need artwork, Jason is your guy. He's been our artist for years. We love him. He's never disappointed us. He's come through for us with flying colors every single time. I can't say enough good things about not only Jason, the artist, but Jason, the person. Hit him up if you need artwork. You will not be disappointed. Give him a follow on Twitter at Jason WLF. I want to throw it out to Pollyanna DIY. His t-shirts, his pins, his merchandise is top notch, produces great stuff, and he's a great dude. Give him a follow on Twitter at Pollyanna. That is with two N's, DIY. I built it up last week, Jeff. I mentioned that Nate on Twitter at Ringskirts 
had a project he was working on that he hadn't yet revealed, but he had shown us a few sneak peeks of it. He had since done the reveal. He did a WrestleMania 9, which you remember was at Caesars Palace in Vegas. He has done the WrestleMania 9 set. The ring, the barricades, the Caesars Palace columns, and the roof. He did it all. He put a top above the ring. He put Gorilla in the toga, or whatever it's called, the robe. He had the horrible Rusev peg warmers as the strong men that would carry the dudes down to the ring. I, I can't say enough good things about the work that Nate does. When you talk about figure photography, you've got guys like Nate that just go above and beyond and their attention to detail is incredible. And Nate, with his most recent WrestleMania 9 project, did not disappoint even a little bit. He, man, like I said, I, I just can't say enough good things about him. I was blown away on the video that he took, some of the pictures that he sent of the narcissist in the ring with the mirror and the sp- unbelievable give him a follow on twitter at ring skirts i always call him the great nate because his work really really does set him apart and makes him the great nate ralphie vibes give him a follow on instagram as well ralphie vibes is on instagram at elite figure vibes that's v-y-b-z hell of a figure photographer hell of a guy v trigger figs give him a follow on twitter at v trigger figs and jeff that rounds out roll call v trigger figs is also putting up a giveaway next week so we'll announce that here shortly scott for episode 230 anything else stay healthy stay safe fig life since 2016 and happy toy hunting i want to thank everyone for tuning into episode 230 hashtag fig life adios Let's go Jeff and Scott, the Tomb Brothers, busting out the ring But we don't take it out the box, M.O.C. Happy toy hunting, we'll see you next week We're the OGs of WFP Fully poseable, thank you all for listening It ain't no storyline, real life siblings So everybody go and do your toy spotting Hashtag Fig Life, adios from the Kings Yeah!